up a seat at the bar to join us for another episode of McAnally's Pubcast, a podcast exploring the fun and fantastical mind of Jim Butcher's The Dresden File series. Host Tanzan, Maggie, and me bring you another round of literary analysis on this immense, immersive, and colorful environment inhabited by Harry Dresden, the world's only licensed private investigator and professional wizard. Join an active and engaged community of new and die-hard dedicated fans focused on the fabulous themes, theories, characters, context, lore, and more. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Welcome to the McAnally's podcast brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 12.10, Revolutionary Boinkzar, where we are covering the novel Blood Rites. My name is Tanzan, and I'm joined by Maggie. Hello, hello. And Jess. There was a boy, a very strange, enchanted boy. Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Oh, I know that one. Yeah. Best movie ever. Chapter 13. Dresden contacts Murphy, and she provides some background history on Arturo. An assailant attacks Harry with a poisoned blowgun dart. Harry calls upon Murphy. She's found some interesting rumors in her research. Um, Arturo is from a big family money. Or from big big money. Big family money? That sounds family weird. Money. Big Ar- family, big money? Yeah. <laughs> that, that landed on hard times and debt. So he left Greece to avoid the debt and ended up uh, being a success in uh, pornography and investments. Go He's- figure, hey? Dude's worth four million. Yeah, not bad. That's not bad at all. That's not terrible. I, d- I don't know what your average... I mean, aside from... Not Larry Fowler. Uh, Larry King? No, not Larry King either. What the hell was... Hugh Hefner and Larry Flint. That was the other like major porn mag star guy, I think, wasn't it? It was Larry Flint. Anyways, but I, I don't know if $4 million is, you know... I'm guessing that's probably not the average for most porn producers out there. Hmm, I don't know, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it seems like a pretty lucrative industry. It does, but there's also a lot... I don't know... I was going to say, maybe that's why we've got this porn syndicate trying to buy them all up. Because it's like, there's too many people out there. It's spread around too much. Just need to bring them all in and just make all the money in one place. <laughs> we also find out that Janos only has 36 hours to complete the film, or he loses the studio entirely. See, I'm thinking Janosa must be clean, because the fact that he left Harry to just snoop around his office... And wasn't like, hey, what are you doing? Let's go, man. Why are you hitting my office? Let's go. That's just, just, Don't look around here. He doesn't even ask or anything like that. Cause that's the thing. And I'm like, I get part of it, like, fine. Under the cover that obviously Harry is here to, like, Genosa knows he's here to do more and whatever. So he's going to give him, like, more access. But I was like, again, I'm like, if you really were just, like, you know, first day production assistant and you only got the job not because you're the least bit qualified, but because it's, like, a friend of a friend. And then they're like, okay, let's go to this, like, I'm like, okay, yeah, he asked you up to his office because he wanted to talk to you, but then they're all like, okay, let's go down to set, and you're like, um, I'm just gonna stay, and like, not even like, hey, I really need to make a phone call, do you mind if I, you know what I mean? I'm like, I can imagine doing that to, like, my boss on the first day, be like, yeah, you guys go, I'm just gonna hang out in your office and use your phone. <laughs> Harry's not too concerned about keeping his identity. He's, he's like, not, and I mean, I'm, I'm not getting fired, okay? I, well, and that's just it, right, is like, he's not, and again, obviously, you know, Arturo's like, yes, I need you to investigate and do, so of course I'm gonna make allowances, but it's just kind of funny that I'm like, even just from that point of view, he just doesn't, you know, he's not like, hey, Arturo, can I use your office? He just automatically assumes, I'm like, hey, you paid me to be here. I'm just going to do what I want while I'm here, and you're just going to deal with it, <laughs> you know? Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. 
But yeah, and then not only that, but just like, let me just go through the drawers while I'm here. Let me see what I can find out. You know, I mean, I don't need to have a conversation. Look at the scrapbook. Who right? I, I don't need to ask you about you, Arturo. I'm like, that's fine. I'll, I'll just find out for myself what I need to know about my That's my, what I'm saying. That wasn't like, my oh, yeah. Laura, please stay with Dresden and help him, you know, make it to the production room or well, like he needs her on set so. like, or i'll oh yeah i'll wait for you no problem but he was just like yeah sure office is yours bye yeah exactly right it's like whatever so yes you know i guess genosa is as genuine as he <laughs> appears he's just so proud he leaves the magazines like oh did i leave that out on the desk <laughs> <laughs> you weren't supposed to go through those I think that's part of why I like you. Revolutionary? Oh, well. <laughs> How random that he was on Oprah. <laughs> I know, right? Because Oprah is all about the porn industry, I'm sure. Right? Well, I'm sure if you've got a revolutionary, that. Well, I was going to say, we already know Larry Fowler books anyone, but Oprah is very impressive. Well, <laughs> but it's Larry, Larry Fowler's King. Larry King. Oh, sure. Yeah, that was why I, I. I made a note for myself not to be confused with Fowler. Yes. I fully was confused by that. Because oh. Fowler would definitely be all for it. Yeah, that'd be a dime. But, like, Genosa's too good for that. It's like, Genosa's like, no, I don't do just the cheap hack kind mm-hmm. of and then I think that's the thing too like it's funny jokingly but you know it's like the fact that I'm like he doesn't have a brag book like you know it's like he's not narcissistic like that and I can only assume from what I've heard and seen and what is depicted you know that a lot of producers are very narcissistic to be good and I can only imagine in like porn and stuff like that right you know, but again, it's like he's not all about that, right? He's all about, oh, like my people are getting hurt. I just want to make this movie. And, you know, I just, you know, like, considering the profession in the industry. You know, small he's so, business owner small versus business, big business owner. Exactly, right? He's so much more down to earth and just like, oh, I just want to, you know, make my little film and go on. Not anything to do with the fact that I'm like, <laughs> like, yeah, baby, let's go. <laughs> I love some of the word choices that are like used so it doesn't sound trashy. Like, he avoids gynecological close-ups. <laughs> well, and again, and this is so very much hairy, too, right? Like, he even specifically says it here talking to Murphy. He's like, she's probably my best friend, but I'm like, I can't actually say that word to her, right? Um, a girl. She's a girl. And then, yeah, so it just makes it all the better when Murphy goes on and <laughs> picks just about every word ever known. <laughs> or even though it's the cue when he says, yeah, revolutionary bonks. And she's like, how do you even become that? He's like, practice, practice, practice. She's <laughs> like, shut up. But I have to, I do have to kind of wonder a little bit here. So, again, he doesn't focus on the gynecological shots. And he thinks that sex is natural. Which I have to admit, I went the same place Murphy did when I heard it. Do you know that one, Jess? No. <gasps> you don't know George Michael? No. Sex is natural. Sex is good. And everybody does it. And everybody does it. No. That, uh, something, something, blah, blah, blah. And sex is best when it's one on one. Oh, that cleared it up. That one? Yeah. 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 Oh, I've definitely heard that before. Yes, that one. I throw tans and we've been busting out a few bars for us. I'm not sure I know that. Like, remember that one off the top of my head, which is not coming to me. Oh, it's one of the few, because again, that wasn't really um, family-approved music in my household growing up. Is that what that reference is? Is that Michael's lyrics? Yeah. Well, I missed that. I see that now. That's why you're bust, not busting out the... That's why we're looking confused at you. What? Yeah. I want your sex. That's what it's called. Oh, maybe I have them. So anyway, so yeah, so he goes on about the whole thing, but I'm like, which is good, which is great, which is wonderful, but I'm like... You're not really representing that in this particular, and maybe it's just this particular film. You know, you'd have to look at his whole <clears throat> body of work. I was like, everybody on this set is gorgeous. 
You know, he's like, he doesn't pick just the gorgeous dancer, whatever, but right? They're not surgically altered. They're not surgically altered, but, he, you know, again, she's, or he says, or whatever, right, that it's like... Um, Variety of cast age people of a lot of different yeah ages instead of using only twenty one year old dancers and blah 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 right I was like it just so happens though like I mean maybe not the exceptional I mean again they're not all Lara's level but I'm like again well S- still has to sell she's not gonna pick somebody fugly no I- or with a scar on their face. <laughs> okay, but they were talking with the whole general of her career, not just whether Genosa would cast yes. her again. But yes, I just, whatever, considering, you know, the difference. Because I'm like, there's not that wide a range here. Like, okay, Jake and Emma are... The biggest question is that he's casting based off of chemistry between the actors and actresses, which means Emma and Jake and Trixie and all of them are just getting along fine. Uh, yeah, at least on camera. <laughs> Because, yeah, it doesn't sound like Trixie would go along with anybody, but yes. And you guys made a mention that, yeah, like, Murphy drops all of the different terms for boobs. <laughs> I like big ones, small ones, size of basketball ones, real ones, fake ones, jiggle when the shake ones, ta-tas, honkers, man, they drive me bonkers. I really, really, really like boobs. But Harry, the way he leads into that conversation is he's, like, motioning it. And he's like miming over the phone. You're on the phone, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I know, so it makes it even better. And the fact that you can probably picture that Murphy's figuring he's right, because she obviously picks up where he's going with this, right? But yeah, I love that he's like, like, she has to like cup the phone to use like both hands. (laughs) I'm like, that does seem like a very guy or shy or some kind, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I can totally pick up on that. Either way, Genosa has endeared himself to Harry. Harry likes him enough, thinks he's a genuinely good guy. Yeah, he pretty much vouches for him right there. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, because he's like, I don't know if I would have sort of beforehand, but he's like, yeah, the more I get to know and see about this, he's like, he does seem like he's just kind of a good guy and not some sleazy. And Murphy here gets a little, right, like, or she's like, I hate to sound cynical or whatever, but, you know, people in these kinds of professions bring it on. And, and even Harry's just like, yeah, wow, that is cynical. <laughs> It's like, okay, maybe you were kind of thinking that too, Ever Harry, since just, I became a part of this world, I'm getting like a new worldview that you don't understand, Murph. Right? 12 hours can change your life. Probably you not even. don't even get it. It's not even, because weren't they supposed to be back at like 3 o'clock? So he was, he showed up at 8, and then I don't even know how long they were Actually, there. Actually, really great point, because in a couple of chapters, I'm going to get really fidgety about the time. So what time is it right now, guys? Well, he was supposed to be back. Joan told everybody to come back at 3 o'clock. And he was and a he, little bit late. A couple minutes late, he said. He wasn't very late. So. Exactly. So, so we're yeah. maybe 3.15 right now, okay? 3.15, yeah, 3.30. Yeah, right? yeah, I don't know how long that conversation was. All right, let's just keep this going for the next few chapters, okay? Right. Okay, okay. I've got another issue to point out later, Okay. <laughs> So after his seven hours in the industry, another like five of which he was sent away and wasn't on set. But exactly, he's like, listen, now I know when you're when you're on this side of it, Murph. <laughs> which is then to say that he's too embarrassed to actually go downstairs and participate in any of it. <laughs> While Harry and Murphy continue to talk, Harry's overwhelmed by a feeling of apprehension as a shadowy figure enters the room. And, of course, he just immediately grabs the ashtray and throws it at him. Ah! Yeah, I love how that's convenient. I was like, oh, now we know why Arturo was, like, smoking in his office and all that, even though, you know, he can't smoke in buildings and stuff anymore because he needed a very convenient big heavy glass ashtray, not, like, some cheap plastic dollar store cigarette ashtray or anything. (laughs) Also, didn't we just have this conversation, like, one or two episodes ago? You were still somewhat allowed to smoke in buildings still at this point. Yeah. 2004? Yeah? yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Totally. Okay. If I can remember okay. adult smoking in buildings, it had to have been early 2000s. And like, it's a private venue. 
Yeah, well, yeah. He owns the studio, really. Pose, but... Yeah. Except nobody's, like, leasing this studio, isn't he, until... Anyways, well, it regardless, gonna it call him out here? It's a it's warehouse, just, like... It's, it's, yes, fine. Clearly, regardless of whether he, he should or shouldn't be back. well-stationed enough here to bring all of his magazines from people. <laughs> his scrapbook. <laughs> okay, I was like, what? Yeah, okay. I guess he's entrenched enough in his office that he's got personal belongings mm-hmm. there. I see what you're saying. Anyways, yes, regardless of all that. But yes, he grabs a big, heavy glass ashtray. And I like how they like turn out like all the lights in the hall and everything like that. And then just like appear in the doorway and like... I thought he's just straight off of instinct to like, doesn't even think about it. Just yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's moments when like, yeah, the only thing I can picture is just complete cartoons. Like it's, it's Mandy and the AED machine all over again. I really hope he doesn't suffer from any paranoia because like those poor people around him that he just hits with random things. <laughs> right. Oh, we already know he does suffer from paranoia. <laughs> this, yeah, it just makes me think when we did the first aid thing and she had to bring in the AED and she just like grabs it and chucks it at the next person and like runs away kind of a thing. It was like, Harry's just like, ah! and really yeah. goes. Relatable, I get it. It is, but you're right. It also, um, from any number of shows, but specifically I'm thinking of an episode of, of Corner Gas where Wanda's trying to get somebody to like babysit her kid and same thing, the gu- they like, so-and-so did it once and then you like look over and the guy's like playing pinball and like every five seconds he like twitches and like jerks over his shoulder. Like, well, you know, and they're like, that's just Harry's like in his paranoia, he's just constantly like right well and in this case he has you know rights to be a little bit paranoid since you know he narrowly escapes getting tagged by a dart Darted. he does Ugh. he sets it up in his first book he's like yeah, poisoned just because you're paranoid doesn't mean there isn't a demon about to eat your face poison dart is fun it's fun it's a cool it's way to go different it's definitely a new one well, who thinks to uh, i'm just gonna carry around a poison dart with me <laughs> right. yeah. that's you like to, that's like twirling mustache villainy <laughs> you have to own darts and poison yeah. <laughs> and a blow straw thing that fits a dart the blowgun is it called a blowgun mm-hmm. it is called a blowgun great that's definitely what i said straw is less intimidating <laughs> <laughs> not if you're a turtle um. <laughs> uh, but yeah, right. I'm like, I guess it makes sense that it's less obvious per se than like, you know, you're not as likely to set off anything going out with like a gun or even like carrying a big old knife around more of a distance weapon. But yeah, exactly. Not what you typically expect to find in the usual. Not a 21st arch- century weapon in Chicago. Mm, no, which is a curious choice. And but Harry, he's so optimistic. Okay, this just proves I'm on the right track. So well, there's a go. I was, I was gonna say, uh, especially against Harry or whatever. What was it? Was that? Com- oh, you just said 21st century, whatever. Whatever that last comment was. That, that 21st century Chicago. No, 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 yeah. But I was like, actually, that is kind of an interesting because again, if you know anything about Harry, which we don't know if they know what and who he is, um, it's not gonna fuck up like a gun might. So I guess there there could be logic in using oh, a weapon mm. like that. That maybe it wasn't something non-technological. Proof. Yeah, it's not gonna jam or anything. If more you... subtle than bow and arrow. Unless they suck in and blow up. That's all I ever think of. Again, <laughs> I swear it's too many cartoons. I always think of that of the action. You know, like like he's gonna startle them, throwing the ashtray at them. They're gonna go. Uh, uh, you know? <laughs> very satire. I like. It. Very very. Uh, but yeah, so he jumps up to go and just about trips over the fog, which I'm impressed because we all kind of have done that. But again, with a much bigger, larger guy, I'm impressed that you like, it caught you enough to stumble, but not enough for you to rip the cord out of the wall as you tripped over it. 
right? Because if you've if you've caught it enough to stumble, I was like, you're very lucky that you didn't actually. Butcher really didn't want the cops to show up to this place. He's like, can't can't alert Murphy. We're good. Phone, we get, phone stays plugged in. Yeah, yeah. We're we're not gonna have yeah everybody suddenly showing up. Lights. Yeah. Well, and suddenly realize it's actually kind of sweet. She's all freaking out. She's like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. So he pockets like, the dart. Kind of. Saves here. it for later. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Which, which again, the convenience of Genosa having had a cigar. He's now got a handy weapon and an evidence case to, to put this dart in. Now he's got a little plastic tube instead of like trying to shove it in his pocket or a plastic baggie or something. Accidentally poisoning some, himself <laughs> in the thigh. Right. right oh, or like, you know, reaching into. Or, or his puppy that keeps in evidence. Oh shit, sorry, Thomas. Three in there, the poison dart in my pocket. Drop the puppy in again. Yeah, but yes, you're right. Very optimistic. I'm on the right track. I think someone just tried to kill me. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers for your generous support. It's people like you who help us to do what we do. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, sign up today and get a fuck ton of bonus content, kick-ass merch, behind-the-scenes outtakes, and more. Sign up today at www.patreon.com slash freeflowrambling. Chapter 14 Dresden makes his way to the set and is assigned to assist Joan. Filming kicks off without a hitch, but near the end of the night, Harry comes across a mysterious figure fleeing the set. Harry apprehends the figure who turns out to be Thomas. Just before Dresden can get any answers from him, Laura has snuck up and intervened. Despite the fact that we have read the book, and we presume everyone else who is listening to this has read the book, sometimes your chapters seem like spoilers. I'm like, whoa, I didn't get there yet. I know. Even though I've read that like eight times today. (laughs) I know. I know. I always feel a little bit like that, too. And I have to remind myself that exactly, right? That it's like, yes, at least for the episode they're listening to, presumably they have read up to this point with us. Right. And we are just, but yeah. Well, I sure hope so, because then it's like... Well, it does, right? Everything we say then in the entire episode is... Exactly. I'm just like I, I was gonna like drop the bombshell. It was Thomas like later in the episode, and you just did it now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I guess. I was like, wait, what? Oh, like, yeah, I guess it's not a reveal. Okay, fine. They own the books too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. All right. I guess they're allowed to read them as well. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> moment in. Yes, because get out of there, Harry. No more. Which is kind of sweet, but also kind of funny. Again, I'm like, again, maybe it's just. There's not enough in that one sentence to get, but it does almost sound a little bit like, you wouldn't, Murphy. You'd just be, like, right in there trying to... It's a little bit of that over the phone, too, though, right? It's more dramatic because yeah, you're not I'm also not there, there experiencing it. Yeah, you don't know and whatever. Yeah. Hey, they're just trying to scare me, if anything. Right. Hey. And and he does... What a weird way to scare somebody with a blow, blow dart. I think I'd be scared if, like, someone was coming after me with, like, I don't know, what technology what century of technology <laughs> seventh century I don't, I don't know, know but I would be alarmed and <laughs> be like what the fuck oh, I almost died that's unsettling there well and I think that's just it there is that of the unexpected of it too but I mean like the thing is we don't know yet what's on this thing I'm like is it gonna make him sick is it gonna paralyze yeah, what kind him of is it gonna kill him is it you know what I mean like get some real high uh, I right, would probably like, stab myself with it immediately I'd want to know too badly like, <laughs> damn curiosity hmm. oh no that poor puppy wouldn't stand a chance. <laughs> She'd be like, here, you try it. <laughs> 
I would not. <laughs> a sibling, maybe. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, not not the puppy. Yeah. But he already cut it to you because I'm like, it's also a little bit fair that she's worried because he's like, he, he does make a fair point that he's just been like standing in the door because he's like, oh, it's too dark. I can't go like running down the hallway because I don't know where any of the switches are. Then he's like, oh, wait a minute. I'm just like standing here in the only lit part of the. <laughs> clearly, they didn't have a second dart. <laughs> no, clearly, yeah. They were just weren't expecting that and just took off. It, oh, was, shit. it was, missed my opportunity. Ambush, ambush predators, right? That poison Fucking must have pussies. been like instant kill, though, right? Or like paralyzed or something like that because like. Presumably something you know, to incap- like A again, little bit of salmonella on the end of a dart is not going to do anything no, immediately. No. And I mean, again, who knows how... I mean, whether instantaneous immediately or within a few hours immediately, mm-hmm. like, again. But, yeah, that's the thing. It was, like, something that whenever it kicked in, you would think is, yeah, either... It's actually def- the third eye, eye drug that Victor Sells had. Right. I've been really waiting for that crazy. to come back, honestly. Right? Maybe I'm some like, of that. There should but just still be some kicking around somewhere. Yeah, but that, yeah, that's the thing. I'm like, Give are you just trying to, like, incapacitate him for, like, past the deadline? Or, yeah, are they completely trying to take him out of the picture and bye-bye Harry, right? It's... But yeah, that, say? that would be kind of... I wonder, I wonder how that would affect, actually the wizards because i don't know that that cell sampled much of his product like he was making it he was just going loopy on his own because he was all whacked out but since what it is is harry has access to the third eye and and cells was just fine but harry can choose to turn it off the drug you have to wait for it to wear out I guess still maybe in that a sense, I guess maybe yeah, in that sense is that you see, yeah, he was still wouldn't have control yeah. over it that yeah. way. Because yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was like, how you're right. Just because Harry can do you, the third eye, you can turn it off immediately. Yeah, well. yeah, you're right. I guess that's where the, yeah, is the drug would also inhibit him from being able to, yeah, so fair enough. Okay, yeah, that's how it would. Harry continues to look through Arturo's scrapbook and finds a picture of his first ex-Madge, a mystery woman named Raven Velvet, whom Harry figures is the second ex, Lucille, and Trixie with a rather unfriendly and <laughs> what you don't you don't put that to all your friends you stayed exes or all your exes you stayed friends with <laughs> rotten hell you pig hmm, i, I should start doing that though <laughs> <laughs> maybe that'd keep them from coming back around get rid of those fuckers jesus the description of lucille here because he's like, um, he's like, at first I thought her features were really quite sweet, almost kind, but her expression was an unsmiling, haughty stare at the camera. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm looking at the picture because that's all you're going by is like, you're just instantly getting that haughty stare. I'm like, but you kind of assess the features, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, if you saw them in the room and be like, oh, they look really pretty. And then they turn around and they're giving you like that haughty stare. You can be like, mm, not really. Right. But I'm like, considering that it just is what in the a pic- photograph. That's yeah. Hard to- yeah. I was like, I feel like that's a little backwards. There's not as much nuances. Right. Yeah. I almost feel like it would go the other way. Like at first she was really haughty. And I'm like, the more I stared at it, I could see maybe there was like a softer kind of, yeah, but it was just that I was like, I don't know, Harry. I just, I don't feel like I would get the same, but anyways, so, yeah, sweet, but not, <laughs> maybe. I also just can't, I like the name Lucille enough, but I just, it always takes me to the Kenny Rogers song, which is a very different type of person than this Lucille. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not in the end, but. <laughs> that one's, this, this, this Lucille seems a little more worldly than, than Kenny's Lucille. Ah. Uh, so Dresden stops his lollygagging and summons the courage to get to set. 
He finds a flurry of activity and a numerous crew working. Way more staff. Yeah. Way more staff. Harry asks how he can help, and Arturo assigns him to Shadow Joan, which makes sense. Like, that is your job. <laughs> and I can understand. I think I would be pretty much in the same boat as Harry, that, that much as I would want to be, like, cool and, like, no big deal, I'm sure I would be awkward and... and don't know where to look and whatever at the first but I'm like I like how he also you know feels the need to preface this with the fact that like okay so I haven't got laid in a really long time and so I get for most people this would be great but it's like this is this is not the time and place that I would like to enjoy such things you know but it was like well damn Harry I was like he guess we know but I'm like really that shouldn't be I'm like I had gotten laid. I'm going down a bunch of naked women. But that's not really why I wanted to. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. So, yes. Goes He's a loser. He's a, yeah. Just, ugh. Poor Harry. But but I'm a professional, damn it. So I will suck it up, and I will go look at those naked women. Such a hero. Such a hero. <laughs> Take one for the team. Mm-hmm. And I guess if I have to look at a couple of naked guys, too, well, that's just... Price you gotta just pay. Just price you gotta Martin. pay, but... Yeah, so goes down, finds Inari minding the puppy, apparently minding the puppy better than he thought Murphy was, because she's actually got him on a little leash. It hasn't just put him out to play with the elves. Um, Murphy had a door. <laughs> Murphy, <yeah. laughs> I'm like, whatever, Harry, you don't know. Murphy had that dog in her office, like, all day, and, like, half an hour ago, he was, like, running around, wanted to play, or, like, Solomon was like, let me see the dog, and, you know, of course, that's when Harry shows up. Some babysitter, I'm like, but yeah. I don't get any indication that he's Reagan on Murphy for having done a bad job. He doesn't say anything about it. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. No. Okay. (laughs) No, 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 no. I think I think that. No, I'm just just you. Yeah, that was just because. Yeah, he makes the because when he picks up the dog, he's like, "Hey, Murphy's supposed to be watching you. Some babysitter she is." Oh. Like he's like she's. But again, I I was like, yes, I I don't think he didn't think that Murphy wasn't watching him every second. Yeah. I kind of love this moment (laughs) where. Uh, well, so Inari pulls out, has to take a call. She drew out an expensive cell phone the size of a couple of postage stamps. Right? <laughs> totally just makes me think of the Zoolander. Like, Can't turn left. I put the picture Oh, you still here, have. I know, like, I still have not tiny, seen that tiny, tiny thing. Yeah. It's fucking hilarious. Because I, like, that's where, like, in, like the smartphones were, were, were like, yeah, it was not like, quite, like, quite a thing yet. So the, the flip phones just kept getting smaller t- and smaller Yes, smaller that was, smaller. yeah, instead of having our big giant bricks, is again, that was, that was a sign of status, was these nice, tiny little that could, you know, fit in your pocket or fit in your purse. Or even if you were going out for the night and just had a teeny, tiny little clutch, you could still... Slip that sucker in there and yeah, exactly right. And then yeah, it started being like, wait a minute, we can put things on the screens other than just a phone number and then we're like this. <laughs> now we want to carry around. TV went to the opposite way. And now we're massive. Go- but they're just they're thinner. They're not as blocky as <laughs> the original phones. So it's like we're in- we're increasing in like the two dimensional size, but not the three dimensional size of them. <laughs> less less indestructible though. Yeah. Those uh, Nokia brick phones were the best right mm, you could, could murder a man with those better right? than a dart gun <laughs> <laughs> i will see your glass ashtray I, and raise you a cell phone <laughs> i bet those would have stood up to harry even the, oh, oh, the Nokia's? yeah just that that particular model maybe maybe and like mm, screw you yeah. wizard. those things basically were like camp radios <laughs> yeah 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 I, it just that fine line between is it electronic enough because the radios, again, are even simply more... No, no, no. no. The Nokia brick would... You think? You think oh, I, d- I know. Uh, I know. Yeah, those things don't have any technology in them at all. <laughs> okay, but it still had to operate on a cell signal. 
Another great cartoon moment here is when the other person comes running into the room and is like, Genosa, we need your help over here. And he just turns to Harry, and Harry's like, Err-err. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> What's your problem? <laughs> no, this, this is regular, regular shit. You're fine. <laughs> so I just love the image of, like, no matter what decision, anything that needs to happen, do we go left, do we go right, do we go pause, is this stop, it? go? Is it, and is the this whole, it? whole room just turns to look at mm-hmm. Harry, and he's just like, Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right? I, I gotta wonder, is was this the fashion of the time, too? Because, so this woman comes rushing in in sweeping skirts and peasant blouses, and I'm like, isn't this fairly similar to what he described Lara being dressed in? I'm like, why is everybody in big, like, sweeping skirts and peasant blouses? I mean, that does seem very 90s to me. Just 90s grunge, almost, right? But again, I just, would that be, like, Lara's height of fashion? You'd think she would be all... She's in a new fashion every time she gets dressed. She's lived through a billion of them. I guess. Maybe, but I just, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that was just the vibe Butcher This one doesn't even have a name. people on porn sets are just gonna... (laughs) This this is your comfy clothes before you go. and (laughs) We're gonna call her Harriet. (laughs) Uh, yeah, <laughs> because she's harried. <laughs> hey, you might not be single for long, Harry. We've got this lovely woman named Harry. Wouldn't you just make the cutest couple? <laughs> Harry and Harriet. But yes, gets all paranoid, and he's like, oh god, oh god, oh god. And he's like, no, that's fine. And then Joan's like, oh, this is going to be a tricksy thing. And we're like, oh. <laughs> it's always a tricksy thing. Always a tricksy thing. But like, oh, you're supposed to be on set in five minutes? Oh. Time for a crisis. Time for, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh... Back to investigating, Harry. You would think that there was behavioral clauses in the contracts, but again, we also know how good, uh... (laughs) Genosa is with with contracts. contracts. (laughs) Should have put that in there. Listen, if you're working with your ex-wife, how are you going to direct her properly, really? How would you be, like, you're going to set in five minutes, motherfucker. Oh, my God! I just remember the best lines. So, I just rewatched After the Sunset with Pierce Brosnan and Selma Hayek. And so, actually, that was from 2004. I was like, holy shit, this movie is like 20 years old already? But anyways, there's a great line. So they, you know, thieves take off to some Caribbean island. And the cop on the island is whatever at her desk. And the other, presumably like her boss or something, comes in and was like, hey, you did blah, 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 whatever. And she's like, yeah, so whatever. And he's like, you're going to stay after and we're going to talk about your attitude. And she's like, you knew, she's like, you were well aware of my attitude when we got married and well aware of it when we got divorced. She's like, I don't think you're going to learn anything new about it now <laughs> I was like damn good point yes yeah. see so yeah I feel like this is a yeah he's like what, what are you gonna do with <laughs> uh, but I guess we can't call her Harriet because actually her name is Marion oh right curses she does she has a name she does have a name but yes she's yeah. gonna leave so okay I sure is gonna go talk her off a ledge again so surprise surprise yeah so I find the way but she writes Jones reactions to just seem bigger to me than what's warranted she is like way way over animated about it all okay thank you it's not just me yeah she's weird yeah because because again he's like uh prima donna and blah 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 and she's like she throws her head back and laughs and i'm like okay that's like a chuckle worthy like it was humorous but to me throw your head back and laugh unreliable narrator he's like, like i'm so funny <laughs> she threw her head back and laughed Except he's not like with everybody, sure, but this is the first time. Usually no, he's he like, said to Inari as well. 
Okay, but Anari's also 19, and I could see her being a little bit more like, ah, ha, 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 about, you know, but I'm like, Joan's like 40 and stuff like that. Like, again, I'm like, I certainly find Harry amusing, but it was like, same thing when he first walked in, when, yeah, his midget haircut comment, and she's like, laugh, 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 and then, you know, here she's like, throw back, and I'm like, these are things, I'm like, I don't know if he just... She's did, suspicious. Right? You just don't want to say chuckle anymore, or is it just Joan is just particularly like... <laughs> because overall, this down to herself you know, doesn't seem like the type of person that would be like, oh, about everything. So, okay, I'm glad it's not just me. She has a crush on Harry, okay? Uh, maybe, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, it's just a little Easily bit. Easily amused. Easily amused, yeah. Well, I don't she, know. She, she is weird, though. She, she's gotta she, be, otherwise she'd be too bitter to do anything else. That's that, maybe fair that as well. Too. But she goes right into insulting Arturo again, right? He's like, well, Arturo's a nice man. Hey, how long have you known him? And she's like, boy. He's a boy. He's a nice boy. <laughs> she, yes and no. She kind of, but I mean, she, to me, I always read this conversation with a little bit of like fondness and exasperation. Like, it's not like insulting him. If it was like the grandmotherly type of character, then I could totally see it. But like, yes, okay, they have known each other 20 years, which does help break down some yeah. professional boundaries or whatever like that. I still find it to be, you just met Harry yesterday and you're taking every opportunity to insult whoever the hell he wants to talk about. Like, that's true. There's no loyalty well, with her at all. None. She's, she kind of lacks that professionalism. I, I kind of disagree a little bit. I don't read it the same way. So I will say Trixie, absolutely. But she freaking hates Trixie. And I admit, I think we've all been there. When you finally have that one coworker, the Trixie is an exception. I am willing to allow, but it doesn't end at Trixie. It doesn't end at Trixie. But I see, and that's what I'm saying is, I don't read this the same way. I didn't read this as picking on him the same way that you seem to. I seem to take it as a little bit more like, uh, like fondness and that, like, oh, he's not a nice man. He's a nice boy. He loves too easily, and he wears his heart on his sleeve. And it's just people take advantage of him because he's just too nice, as opposed to being like dissing she, on him for it she talks to him like she's like yeah you're a detective i 100 know that you're a detective <laughs> well it's kind of like in, in terms of writing mechanics is just an easy way to get the information and paint mm-hmm. a, paint sort of a description and i was gonna say that by way. using the one character to like blab well yes that's true there's that way of yes give it one person that kind of fills that role and again also yeah dresden doesn't have time to finesse things and really you know get to know people it's like everybody has to tell me everything Doesn't on have the time or every, ability. Everybody's got to tell me on the first day because there's going to be a day two. <laughs> so, you know, it's not like, oh, wait till the new guy, see if he fits in, right? But it's really funny is like at the beginning of every book, every time there's like a big conundrum, if Harry just keeps walking into the place, rolling up his sleeve, he's like, all right, I got 12 hours for this shit. Let's just do it right now. <laughs> yeah, okay? right. That's all I'm dedicating to this. What's your problem? What's your problem? What's your problem? Okay, now everyone try and kill me. <laughs> Maybe there, like, there's like this um, deleted, edited out scene where like Harry actually like casts a spell on himself that causes everybody to just spill the beans at him. <laughs> okay, that would make more sense. I was gonna say too. I was like, what we know of Harry, even how he kind of describes himself, like people. Well, except that everybody that hates him, but you know the people that like him like him. But I'm like, he's not exactly the type of guy that I immediately picture as people are gonna open up and chat to you. You know what I mean? I'm like, you're very he's tall. Scary. Kind of right. He's very tall, which can be very intimidating. He's like, he always describes his looks he as just kind of angular. The details out of people. I right is that he just dresses like, like an insane person? Yeah. yeah, like you know, forget peasant blouses and sweeping skirts. Like what the hell is it? Right. So, but yes, you're right. Everybody immediately is just like not even just like the short form is like he always gets details with his questions. You know, this is one more unreliable narrator. He is actually casting mind magic on them, but he's not going to put it in. 
his own documents for the council. Oh, we get it, right? <laughs> I was gonna say, remember the I'm not writing that down. I was so by the book. I don't know why the council kept coming after me. You throw in a couple of on-the-line murders just to make him think that you are still telling the truth the whole time, because why would you include that if you were, like, fucking around, right? But because he includes the ones that were, like, just on the line, he's like, I still got a defense, okay? See? Like, if I'm gonna talk about that, clearly I'm telling the truth about everything. Clearly. Yeah. Obviously. I would have no reason to... Remember when we were, like, every time he needs money, he goes and hires another kid to go bully or when? (laughs) 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 He's so primed to be the perfect villain, because everyone just tells him his secrets right away. (laughs) Right. Although, really, in all this technological hoo-ha, really, Harry should just go stand beside an ATM every now and again. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows when those things malfunction, they just spit money out. That's exactly what they do. Like, every time. I'm sure we just like pop open or something. Like, come on, this is all you should need. <laughs> like, he could just live off vending machines. He just goes and like everything just like pours out. He just scoops yeah. up all just of them. a free bag of Doritos every time he's hungry. But yeah, I just have to hit up the, the vending machines at the gym every so often so we can get like a health bar out of it instead of just like chocolate right. bars and chips. I need a Gatorade now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so as uh, Dresden and Joan talk, Laura draws the attention as she enters the studio. Laura Romani. It turns out she's drawn the attention of the puppy as well and much of the male staff. Yes. So, yeah, I like how exactly he just plops the puppy on the little bar to bump below. And I'm like, you know, it's kind of good because most of them are going to be smart enough to stop at the edge. So I was like, this is kind of, you don't have a fence, but this is your fence. Like, he can only go this far, otherwise he's... a visible barrier. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, right? I'm like, there's the occasional animals that are dumb. Like, ferrets will do that a lot, too. They seem to have no depth perception or something and will occasionally stumble off very tall heights. <laughs> But the puppy at least is smart enough that he's like, I fine, I guess this is where I'm at. <laughs> but he starts, yeah, he starts growling as soon as, as Laura comes in. So again, good thing Harry already pointed out because, you know, we knew he got right. It was like, hmm, it was him that, that notified you to the, the black court vampire. And already he's getting twitchy around Laura. And then, yes, of course, obviously everybody else notices. And I think Joan has a pretty good description of the whole Viagra on legs, right? Like trying or not, Laura's just going to draw attention. <laughs> you can kind of understand why Trixie would be so fucking mad. <laughs> well, yes. You can. In this one case, she's I, got a point. I was gonna say it, it. Well, but again, right, if she was worth what she thinks she is and good at her trade or whatever, she wouldn't need to worry about, but no, exactly. She's insecure and Com- knows she's highly outclassed. Exactly. So, In yeah. In every way. So, yeah, 100% Laura's a threat to her that way for sure. Exactly, right? She's like definitely have to worry about being replaced because you're also just a raging bitch because you have no professionalism so you know even an ounce of that might go a long way for you Trixie but no so for a while there Harry actually does do the work of a production assistant they get on with actually shooting this movie and everyone's doing their whole job and going about the motions and Harry's keeping himself as professional as we could really hope to expect from Harry (laughs) yeah I'm proud of him Really, his production assistant seems to be all this before part, setting up things with with Joan. Because after that, he pretty much says he has to, like, hang back and not get in the way. 
And then he almost like fizzles out a monitor. So he's like, well, I can't go stand over by the equipment. <laughs> um, I don't want to stand too close to the actors. Uh, well, I, mean, I can't. <laughs> he also realizes how awkward filming is for porn because it's not just like one continuous scene. It's like, and stop, and relight, and move, I mean, and awkward, and awkward. Do you kind of like this little background thing? Not as sexy as one would think. Yeah. He's like, it really is like you say when you get down to the mechanics and the intricacies of it. And again, I just like to put out there, it's not something I've ever really focused on a lot. I've never really thought a lot about how these go down. I do not have a lot of personal experience in, you know, a huge variety of these films. <laughs> but it is, it's, you know, things that you don't really stop and think about of exactly, you know, like whatever it looks like on the thing is not necessarily that, that like you say. Especially if it's going to be tasteful and higher quality. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. If it's just some amateur whatever, yeah, you're going to get the doesn't matter what's on the screen. There is movie magic at play. Yeah, yeah. And like even his comment about, you know, he's like, and touch up on the makeup and he's like, and it's not just their faces, you wouldn't believe. It. And I'm like, yeah, you never think about that. And you're like, that's got to be really awkward when you're kissing and licking and touch you're like uh, ew, are you getting like a mouthful of like <laughs> you know foundation off somewhere that like yeah so I, I did kind of appreciate that sort of um realistic behind the scenes whatever that would be on that of exactly like yeah you might all think this is a dream job but and kind of makes sense when Jake says that too you know about why maybe it's not as perfect as one would think so here in the book Chapter 14. Yes, yes, we are. Maybe an hour into the shoot, I saw Nari on her phone. Okay, so we're about, what, 4.30 now? Okay. Okay. All right. As earliest as 4.15. Okay. Yep. Oof. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're happy with that? Yes. I I could maybe... A little, I'd, I'd maybe give it as much as like even 5 or 5.30 because who knows how long his whole phone call and stuff, but, and how much taking up the set and Trixie got. And but, how long it takes them to get Trixie back from being yeah, that could have delayed things. That okay, could have delayed things. Let's say pro- 5.30 even as a generous. Probably okay, was okay, not a three or four hour delay. 4.30 to 5.30, we'll say. I'm still okay with those numbers. Yeah. Okay. okay. Damn it, yeah. Harry, you gotta stop. Late o'clock. You gotta stop putting in the time. Late o'clock. It's weird, right? (laughs) It's so wrong. And I've stated before, I already have trouble sometimes with like books and movie timelines because they seem to just jump back and forth. You're like, I thought it was night. Is it the next day? I just don't get why you'd be so specific about it when forget. Well, this this actually is another very good point because the other thing, so I think we'd have to go like chapter 11 and 12 and then 13 or 14, but when, after Harry has his encounter with Kincaid, he's like, I left the office to go home and grab some food and then he had, makes his, I think I know the phone calls are still at the office, but whatever does that. Then he heads over to Murphy to get the puppy. And it's either on the way to Murphy or when he leaves on the way to the set, he's like, I went to get some food. So I'm like, so did you not get food at home or did you not pick up food on the way? Like, or did you mean still like, hungry. yeah, or was that still in that general? I was going to get food, but then I stopped at home and then I went to Murphy's and then I did because I'm like, it makes mm-hmm. it sound like you're going again. And then you show up and Nari's like, we're ordering pizza. What do you want for pizza? And I mean, again, that was offered to him and who's going to turn, you know, but then again, briefly, you know, he has this. And so I'm like, this is one of the few books where Harry actually gets like some rust and food. And like normally he's running on empty, but I'm like, you've had like three meals today so far 
And according to the timeline, it's been one hour. It's been like three or four hours since you consumed those meals because it was, you know, like so, right? I'm like, again, I'm like, one of those things where I'm like, I can easily see as the writer, you sort of, right? You're like, oh, I'm going to have him go get some food, or it seems a logical thing. He's been out and about. People are going to stop and grab lunch, right? And Harry's not running for his life at this moment. But again, you think in the editing and things like this, mm-hmm. this is when the continuity people would be like, I mean, you just like three times had him going for food. Like, yeah. did Harry actually go get food three times? Or because most books, like we say, he doesn't eat at all. So, but yeah. Gets it while he can. Gets it while he can. But yeah, I was That's like. one of those things, right? You never know when you're going to eat again, Harry. <laughs> yeah, this, this, is, this is what you get, folks. I could be kidnapped. This is what gotta you, eat now. Yeah, catch your sleep when you can, eat when you can. <laughs> so he needs more fuel being that tall. Well, and I get that to a point, and even if they had said, even if he had sort of said, like, so being that I burned it all off and, like, you know, by, by my... Kincaid scared the food out exactly, of me. Exactly, <laughs> I was going to say, you know, my, my intense reaction to Kincaid burned it all, you know, but it's just the fact that he doesn't make a point of mentioning that he's eating for the third time. It just seems like he's casually forgotten that he's... Right? I mean, it's just light meals, you know? Just, just light, ah. Uh. The, the vegetarian pizza wasn't that filling, so... Well, and and granted, maybe not, but, you know, but, uh... Um. Really, he's just Slim Jim is only grabbed? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, whether or not it's 4.30 to 5.30 here, Harry happens to overhear that Anari has a crush on Bobby. Maybe she's confiding in her dad, which is weird. Not the person I choose to confide in a crush. Well, I guess it's not... He's an involved parent, though. He's an involved parent. She's not really confiding because she's like, yes, he's... So, obviously... So, we don't know for sure if she's the one or it could have been like one of her siblings has been like, ooh, and now he's got a crush. And now he knows about it, right? Still, But he's teasing her about it. But that's what's the interesting thing is that she's like... Dude, you're supposed to be chasing them off. Of the, like, what? We don't know what Papa Ray said, but obviously he's not doing the stereotypical. You can't date until you're like 60. You know, he's obviously making some comment about her hooking up, and she's like, "Dad, you can't say that." Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, we do know, right? We do know. Yes, Papa. Yeah, he's gonna say, "Wait a second, we do know that it is your dad." But yeah, but yeah, we we don't know quite what's going on. Oh yes, but he gets an opportunity once again to listen. And Bobby's, He's like, still bo- so enthralled in his, like, sullen antics that, like, sit in next to Laura and he, like, doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, I was gonna say, he's, like, he's literally, he's like, Bobby the sullen. He's, like, yeah, exactly, still moping over in his... And I'm like, I get, but I was like, well, now you've even got your cute little girlfriend, like, running around on set. You would think you'd be, although I guess, again, same thing in this particular instance. I suppose that would not necessarily be more comforting. It's not like showing up at the office and knowing you're going to get to talk to your girlfriend. You're you're like, great, she's going to watch me have sex with a bunch of people for the next, so yeah. Also, we don't know that they're dating. It'll just be a crush. We don't, that's true, too. one-sided crush. That's that's true, too, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't know more than that, but. uh. So they continue to film without any major incident, and uh, nearing the last Scene, Harry notices a shadowy figure run for the exit. And of course, he immediately runs after them outside. Sometimes, a bit before midnight, the puppy was asleep in a bed I'd made of him out of my duster. So they've been filming for like. Five hours? Six, seven, seven hours? Five, six, seven eight. hours? Eight. Yeah. Eight to mid or four to midnight is eight mm-hmm. and five to so yeah so somewhere in there so and they've got more than one couple performing mm-hmm. so yeah going into a long day different mm-hmm. scenes which is it's which makes sense if they only have thirty six hours like and mm-hmm. I, I was yeah. gonna say yeah, it does make sense done. yeah and exactly they were hoping to start at eight o'clock and then hopefully maybe be done at like you know eight or nine o'clock that night yeah but they, since they, they lost, lost a few that hours. chunk of time in the middle now then exactly they didn't get a whole lot done before anything happened this morning so yeah I guess. 
now it's it's definitely this is where it also like actually runs to the norm of you know because you always hear about that that shoots are like 12 or 14 hours or something you know <laughs> like apparently everybody's like yeah we had the same problem we're like there's really a lot less going on. Like, there's not as much change of scenery. There's not as much location. There's not as much... Well, they were pushed back. You know, plot. But apparently for... And this doesn't for, sound like a union house, really. <laughs> right? You know, so I'm like, despite the fact that you're not having a complicated plot and moving, like, halfway around the world, but it still takes us, like, Giselle 15 hours had kept to- it together this morning, okay? <laughs> they might have ended up a little sooner. Dare you let your neck split open. But point being is it still would have been, like, a full day. Like, again, with the it's time crunch and everything, girl. it's... Waste our shower. time with this yeah. deafness. Yeah, but it's near deafness. in un, unprofessional. Selfish. Um, but it kind of gives you a little bit more sympathy for like Bobby and stuff like that. Because I'm like, I guess in general, when you're that would be a long time to perform in any to to yeah. When you're suddenly dragging it out for like 12 or 14 hours, so multiple couples. Yeah, but nonetheless, how long does your scene stay where you have to be? And lots then, of lube, lots of Viagra. I, right? Like, like you candy. Think, and then oh, pop, when pop. The, you, you, like you say, if you screw up the finishing, then how many backups do you have to have to recreate that? Because you know that's not happening instantaneously. So, I mean, for the most part, I, I get where you're coming from. I, but this is a teenage boy. This is supposed to be the one thing they can do. Yes, but I still don't think it's like five minutes after the fact that they're going to repeat the, the, oh, let me redo that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, it may be quick. Um, young man, not teenage boy. <laughs> young man, well, <laughs> legal teenage. got to be 18. 18, 19. I think Anari's 19, so he's, yeah. but yeah. Um, but I was going to say, I guess it gives you a, a touch more sympathy for maybe where Bobby is coming from and why he's a little bit more sensitive to that. Because I'm like, yeah, I guess, like you say, certain stuff. Probably pretty young, doesn't want to start the Viagra (laughs) train yet. Whatever, right? But definitely leads to interesting questions about other roles that they have. The certain kinds of assistance they have on porn films that I've only read about in other things. So I can't verify that that's true or not. But thank God he got his dog from Murphy, though. She'd have been pissed. Right? (laughs) She's just definitely passed by, right? (laughs) But yes, anyway, something catches his eye in the dark, shadowy corners where he's, like, holding back and trying to stay out of the way and... Blowgun dark guy. Oh, shit. Back again. Give me back my ashtray. (laughs) Right? So, yeah, grabs the blasting rod and takes off. Goes sprinting. Which, again, how big is the blasting rod or how big is his backpack? Because I'm pretty sure he said at times it's, like, sticking out. I'm like, does anybody wonder why this, like, production assistant has, like, a big stick sticking out of his backpack? I always assumed it was about the length of a forearm. It's a wand. Yeah. It kind of, well, it's bigger than, I, th- I think he may have, I think in some place he does maybe say it's like a couple of feet, but I just know it sticks. He's like, he usually describes it as being like as thick as his wrist or something like that. Or So it's not, it's not delicate wand. But yes, I just wonder because sometimes he's I like. I kind of, yeah, pictured it like maybe like one foot long. Yeah, no, maybe I think he says somewhere it's a couple because I feel like in certain things he like says he's like has it like sticking out and other times he's like got it tucked into places. So the difference between the staff and the blasting rod. Definitely a huge difference between the staff and the blasting rod, but nonetheless, right? I'm just like, I don't know. Uh. But visible or not, anyways, he goes running out after the mysterious lurker down a back alley, and good thing he's taken up running. <laughs> Although I like how he says that he's usually on the, he's like, granted, I'm usually on the other side of the, you know, I'm, it's usually so I can run away from things, not chase them, but hey, <laughs> I 
I, I can run better now. <laughs> it was a little bit of a struggle. Manages to gain on him, though. Manages, yeah. Yeah, well, luckily, you know, you get to the whole fence thing. Melts so it a bit. <laughs> somebody's got to, yeah, stop and jump up a fence. It gives you that second to... And he's nasty, too. Like, 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 like what was this? Blast whips tri- him? Like, tri- yeah. What you call it? Well, I don't think he just trips <laughs> him with it, right? Because it's the actual... Rod whips? Rod, rod Dirty. Whip. Oh, very. <laughs> it's part and parcel for the... <laughs> Keeping with the theme. Just, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. What what more appropriate can you have than for him to grab his blasting rod? Also, this person might potentially be hurting women. So that's like the secret magic word for Harry to get his ass in gear. That is, yes. Yeah. Right. So we, oh, no, he doesn't. He Not kicks him. That's right. I, I was thinking he tripped him with the blasting rod, but he doesn't. He manages to kick him. And that's what fouls See, him up See, kick first. first. Yeah. He kicks, then melts the fence as he tries to get yeah. over the fence, and he falls down, and then he smacks him with the thing. Uh, it's just so brutal, right? So I, I get, I'm, I understand. I'd be, like, still trying to get away, too, right, for all he's worth, until this, you literally have molten fence, and then he's like, okay. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm going to just drop back down here now. <laughs> Never mind. I was like, okay, yeah, he's like, whatever you can grab, you can pull at me, you might, you know, but I'm like, okay, that. Well, the best part is when he realizes it's Thomas, he still doesn't let up. He's just like... Smack, punch you in the face, you little ass. Well, and he, he promised it to him. But yeah, exactly, just the way he writes it, where he's like, I just laid about him, about the head and neck with my blast. I'm like, damn, ow. <laughs> like, but yeah, exactly. And he's like, okay, 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 it's me, right? So yeah, he backs off. He's like, geez, Harry, I'm sorry. And then whack, pop, right? Like you say. And I, there's a part of you that is like, holy shit. And part of me is like, no, but wait. He absolutely positively said at the end of that, at Arturo's office or whatever after meeting Lara and he's like next time I see Thomas I'm gonna have to punch him in the nose <laughs> like, oh, I guess yeah yeah so I was like oh Promises wait kept. wait yeah I was like okay I'm gonna follow through this yeah yeah I was like all right fair this is probably why you didn't like let up what you found out or you're like wait you fucker like no I actually have a good excuse now <laughs> but yeah, I like how that's that's what startles him more than anything Dresden begins to accuse Thomas of, of using him and knowing more than he's letting on. But before he can get any answers, Laura ambushes him with a gun from behind. Mm-hmm. He does the whole, like, like oh, here, and he's like, shut up. He's like, I went all quiet, because that's, like, scarier. And then he's like, all like, yeah, there's more. He's like, you, you, you put me in mortal peril at least one and a half times already. So I'm assuming... So would the one time be when the curse came through the first time because he may have gotten like electrocuted or since they didn't know more about the 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 stink eye what is it called evil eye that he might have been taken down with that so it's like is that the first time and then is the half time this like almost with the blow dart like what exactly is constituting this one and a half times of peril which which is the one and which is the half <laughs> I'd almost play the blow dart is one because I was aimed for him <laughs> maybe so so half being that it could have been collateral damage and but you know when you're mad earth. so you just like pile everything on him he's also counting the Kincaid incident even though technically he wasn't gonna die there <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, don't, I, don't I don't know, know. my <laughs> life was threatened then too I'm like so fuck it's, you. it's cute I like it but I was just like I'm like I just kind of like he's like you know he's like he's at least one and a half picking is, numbers out of the air right like exactly is it just the term I'm too pissed to think so I'm just gonna shut a number at you 37 times a day you idiot what the hell right and 
overstating. And again, for me, that's usually the way I go. I almost always go, go for like huge overstatement, you know. And I imagine it is very white court thing. And Thomas has graciously set up this brand new job for Harry to go and be an extra on a porn set. And oh, I hear you haven't been with Susan in a couple of months. I'm gonna do you this oh, favor. I thought that's no, the ulterior motive. Is it all tough? Easy pickings, Harry. Just, yeah. I'm just doing you a favor. Come on. What's the problem? Yeah. Good point. Good point. Ooh, yeah, I sort of hadn't thought about the, the favor of it that way. Hmm. Yes. But yes, uh... Yeah, just just want Give to me one good reason I shouldn't blast your lying mouth off? Laura Romani. I'll give you two. Click, click. This concludes our episode 12.10, Revolutionary Boinkzar. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and machinellies.ca. There we have links to our other podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing, and please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and to see more content. We are Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. 